We Seen a Movie, sponsored by Kate's Mom's Book Club, celebrating 28 years of good friends and good reads. Currently reading Lady Tan's Circle of Women by Lisa C. Never to become a Marvel movie. Sad. Welcome, world, to another episode of We Seen a Movie, the bi-weekly podcast about anything and everything movies. I'm Aaron, and with me are my co-hosts, Derek and Kate. What? (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't think of something clever. We are here today to talk to you about the most recent movie that everyone's talking about, which is against the rules. We are talking today about Fight Club. Um, I'm pumped. It's what the twenty fifth year anniversary of when this movie came out, so we thought right. it's it's a relevant topic. It's 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 on the front of everybody's mind. But of course, before we talk about that, let's talk about something else on the front of everybody's mind. Derek, can you uh, tee us up with a little bit of roundtable? Yeah, absolutely. So while watching the the Bills playoff game last night uh, on my second TV, I had something on called the Emmys. So you guys movie. ever heard of this show? <laughs> Just blowing right by second TV there. Have you guys have you guys seen this the show Emmys? <laughs> So it's it's an award show uh, annually that award yeah so I, I think you guys are familiar with the Emmys. Hmm. Did you guys watch the Emmys? I'm aware of the Emmys. But, uh, I'm just Ken won best song. That would be the Oscars. So yeah. Oh, you're probably thinking the Golden Globes, which was last weekend. It's for shows, right? You're Never talking mind about shows. One album of the year in 1995. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it is award season, so I could see why you'd be confused. Mm. So the Golden Globes is basically the the Golden Globes is the drunk Emmys slash Oscars. The Golden Globes is the drunk Golden Globes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did watch the Golden Globes. I watched mm. parts of it. I watch them on my second screen, so I can see who the nominees are, who wins, and then I usually listen to the speech. And to be clear, by your second screen, you mean your phone in your lap, right? Because that's yeah, what, no, yeah, no. I'm no, talking no. about uh, my three screen setup in my <laughs> basement, uh, full full TVs. Oof. Color, color, Oof. and everything. <laughs> Guy one, can you believe this? <laughs> yeah, so I watch the Emmys. I like to watch it every single year. I actually appreciate the Emmys more than I do the Oscars. And the Bear took a lot of took a lot of awards home. I think it took yeah. fourteen awards. Golly! So that's what I heard was that like one show or two shows took the the Bear in succession took everything, and there was nothing left for anybody else. Yeah. So there's there's uh, a comedy category and then there's a drama category succession won essentially everything in drama and the bear won everything in comedy and Mm. i would be remiss if i didn't say we just did a recap (laughs) episode not that long ago (laughs) maybe even last episode the bear was one of my favorite tv shows i watched (laughs) in 2023 i didn't mention it one freaking time (laughs) sounds like you didn't like it i loved the bear Mm. episode six the dinner the dinner episode recovery episode Episode seven, aka Forks, one of the best. Got to shout out Taylor. Yes, the Taylor Swift episode. Yeah, of hmm. course. Yeah, yeah, Forks is one of the single best episodes of TV I've ever seen, and The Bear was awesome. Probably my actual favorite show I watched last year, and yet didn't mention it. Once. Let's go to the tape. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> did not. Not your favorite it. show. <laughs> did not mention it one time. So I apologize to The Bear. How many seasons of The Bear is there again? There are, are two there? so far. There's only two? But there's oh. a third one coming out. They've been coming out um, just after the Emmy cutoff. So the Emmy cutoff is beginning of June. I think it's June 1st. And the bear has been coming out June 22nd. 
So the awards that just won were actually for season one. Is the entire show just like crazy stress? Because that's what I got watching the pilot was just stress. Yeah, although it's in the comedy category somehow, which I don't totally get. It didn't strike me as hilarious. I'd say, though, that you get a redeeming character arc on all of them. Most of them, at least. Yeah, particularly in season two. Yeah, so it's not like you're sitting there watching it all descend into chaos completely. I mean, Mm. they all... Which, as I recall, Aaron, is what you didn't like about Succession. There were no redeeming characters. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't watch Succession or Breaking Bad. It was, yeah, it was a challenge. Um, But I eventually got my way through. I was Greg in my way through there. It was great. Succession was was great. Yeah, so Tom Tom won a Golden Globe last year. I don't know his actual name, but he's British. So it's really funny when these English actors uh, speak in American accents in TV shows. And then they accept rewards, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> First of all, I love that. Second of all, when he was doing his acceptance speech, he thanked his on-screen wife, um, Shiv, Sh- Shivon, uh, and then he thanked his other on-screen wife, Greg, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> the funniest thing. But So yeah, the Emmys, I, I love that show. I really do. The, the drama category, not great this year. That's usually one of the most competitive categories where you've had stuff like Mad Men historically, you've had Breaking Bad, you've had The Sopranos, and and now you have Succession, and I don't know what comes after Succession, and Succession really didn't have any competition. If I run that Succession joke by you guys again, will you catch that it's a joke this time? (laughs) Probably not. I don't know, man. Give it a whirl. (laughs) Give it a whirl. (laughs) Kate, what do you got for Roundtable? Very strongly about this one. So, have you ever watched a movie trailer recently where you felt like you got the entire plot of the movie? I'm going to give an example. Madam Web. Yeah. I think I already know exactly what happens. In fact, I don't even want to see it because I got the entire movie plot in the trailer. And that seems to be a more common thing recently. So, of course, I took it to Google. Yeah. And I said, why do all these movie trailers keep spoiling all the movies? Yeah, and the reason is because apparently more people go to movies if they identify with things in the plot. So if they, if they're like, if they're like, oh, let me watch this entire movie in two minutes. Oh, that looks really good. I would like that movie. I'm gonna go see it instead of I don't know walking in blind. Some of my favorite movies I've seen are ones that I never even watched a trailer for. Absolutely. And I feel very strongly about this. I think we need to go back to mysterious trailers instead of. These really terrible three and a half minute long. Here's every single fight scene we shot, and every spoiler, and every character death, and everything ever that's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, listeners. Little note from the editor here. This episode of We Seen a Movie was recorded live in person, which sounded like a good idea at the time, but in reality caused a lot of problems. We pick up now, two days later. And we're back after the recording stopped. Uh, right now, it is two days later, and we are talking Fight Club for the first time, as far as you know. And there's um, nobody to blame whatsoever. Not a single person. <laughs> Wasn't me. Def- yeah. <laughs> nobody um, to blame. It's a team so where game. where were we when, we when we left off? Derek, Aaron, do you remember? I, Aaron, I, I do happen to remember... Uh, and and not because I've been racking my brain with guilt over losing the audio, and I know exactly where it was, but I would like to know, Aaron, what your roundtable is for, oh, for this week. Oh, that's right. That's right. So um, I, 
Kate talked about uh, movie trailers giving away too much, and I believe that to be very true. I watched Saltburn recently, Amazon Prime video uh, movie, and I went in 100% blind. And I think that going in blind, aside from knowing there was some weird sex thing that I've never seen before in a movie, uh, aside from that, going in blind made this movie enjoyable to me. I think if I knew a single thing about it, I would have not enjoyed the movie nearly as much. I may, like Kate, not even watched it. Um, <laughs> Kate, who I, Kate, who in her roundtable complained about knowing too much about trailers, <laughs> proceeds to we- read Wikipedia entries of the entire plot and then chooses whether to watch it or not. Little hypocritical. I mean, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> after some of the the things I saw about it on the internet, I was like, I don't think this is a movie I would enjoy. And then I made the mistake of weird. just reading the first part, thought it was kind of gross, and went, yeah, I probably wouldn't like this. So I didn't, you know, I didn't invest the two hours into it. I moved on. You know what would immediately make this podcast not family-friendly? would probably just be to read the Wikipedia <laughs> entry for Saltburn. <laughs> it's that it's that bad. I text I watched this movie first and I texted the two of you. Saltburn is a wild ride. Very, very, <laughs> very weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh Kate, did you like the live commentary of me texting Derek? What is this now? Yeah, what and then Derek this? being like, which scene are you at? The vampire scene? And I'm like, I don't yeah, no. <laughs> So you bring that up. Um, Derek, this is no longer a pop quiz. This is a well-studied for, well-prepared quiz. What kind of movie is Saltburn? <laughs> Saltburn, Saltburn uh, I still believe, is a sexploitation drama. That's deep. That's the best way I can yeah. describe this particular movie. That's fair. Uh, to me, this is a vampire movie. Um, clues being the part where he says, I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that's but one bleep. Also the one bleep. Um, the lore this is a movie uh, about a guy whom the vampire lore originated about that was a terribly way <laughs> terribly bad no, way to that, say it. that's Dracula vampire lore. that story's been told the that's original Dracula. vampire was about warning people about this kind of guy and I think this movie intentionally leaned into that with a, a litany of uh, he was invited into the house he at one point called himself a vampire. At night was when he was the most powerful doing all of the things he was doing. This is a vampire movie. Aaron, this this is the best ever thing that you've come up with. It, it's, it's an amazing take. I, I it, it just is. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> Probably not. Watch it from the lens of this guy is a literal vampire, and it might make it more enjoyable. Yeah, I do like Rosamund Pike, and Rosamund Pike's excellent in this movie. And they They're... are getting a lot of os- are they getting award show? They're getting a lot of like buzz on that too, right? No, just Rosamund. Pike. Just Rosamund Pike. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I don't believe the movie itself is gonna win many awards. It's it's uh it's a wild ride. <laughs> It looked very arty. It's a wild ride. Was it was it pretty stylistic, or was it okay? You know what? You just you just made me remember something. This movie is shot in four by three format. Did you notice this, Aaron? Mm, Zack it's Snyder not, style. It is not in sixteen by nine format. So if you watch it on a wi- widescreen, 
you have the black edges of death on either side. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the year 2024 of our Lord, and we're still making four by three movies. And I read, I actually read up on it, and he said he he didn't want people to be taken aback by the countryside. He wanted to condense the viewer's chips <laughs> lens or like, like this is I, too this looks too pretty i need to cut this off so they can hand wrap their brains around it so i to be clear Saltburn, nobody should ever watch this movie with family members good-ish. with family members with children That's it's true. go into this movie blind but don't go move into this movie blind with say your dad or your mom. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> hey, I've got a. It's Easter break. We're looking for something yep. to do. Let's throw salt burn on. Don't, don't do that. Don't. Except yes. for do- Kate's, Kate's mom, I absolutely recommend <laughs> this movie for you. <laughs> Kate's mom, this is right up your alley. I, this is I gonna promise. Be great for your book club. <laughs> Is it based off of a book? Like Fight Club? That's a good question. Saltburn book. Not <laughs> that I'm not. seeing. But you know what is based off of a book and is absolutely the best to go into a 100% blind? Yeah, let's go. We are here to talk about Fight Club for, again, the first time. Um, I believe we have a synopsis for, okay, 1999's Fight Club, not a new rendition of Fight Club or anything. Um, Derek, can you give us a, a, a spoiler-free synopsis of Fight Club? Aaron, I'd be happy to do that for you. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club unless you're on this podcast twice. <laughs> Released in 1999, Fight Club came out just in time for peak male masculinity. Think Limp Biscuit, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Woodstock 99. Edward Norton is first-person narrator with narcolepsy, and he works a job he hates so that he can buy shit he doesn't need, <laughs> including the entire IKEA furniture collection. All of that changes when he meets Marla Singer through a series of self-help classes for fatal diseases neither of them have, and a chance encounter on a plane with Brad Pitt's Tyler Durden. Tyler introduces him to an anti-establishment lifestyle, including half-naked fights with a bunch of other men who have six-packs. Jared Leto makes an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but I, I don't know if I actually caught enough of that. I need to put this through the lens of something more um, a- approachable. Is, is there is there a way we could put like a Hallmark spin on this, Kate? Oh, yeah. Here's the, here's the Hallmark take. Down on her luck, Marla meets a young Tyler Durden and decides to have some fun. Tensions yes. run high when Tyler's insomnia gets worse and he racks up a high phone bill on a business trip. <laughs> After the death of a big-chested mutual friend, Tyler and Marla realize all they need is each other. <laughs> big-chested mutual friend. Oh, my. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Fight Club and that doesn't draw you in, oh, I don't that's know hilarious. who you are. It's basically a romance, the whole movie. I don't I don't know what other message you can even get from it. I mean, there's <laughs> one female character, so you don't That's have true. to worry about well, you there is there is a love triangle. I will warn people. There is a bit of a love triangle. There is a That's love true. triangle. Every good story starts with a love triangle. But Kate <laughs> Kate, what did you think of this movie the first time you've seen this movie? Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Um well, I didn't know much going in besides you're not supposed to talk about Fight Club. 
And when Aaron said we were going <laughs> to break... whatever rule number two is. When Aaron said we were going to break the first two rules, it was like, what's the second rule? I wonder what it is. <laughs> I thought it was like, uh, don't congregate in groups of more than two or like, <laughs> don't speak ill of... I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what I thought, but it wasn't that it was the same exact so, rule as number one. The right to free speech, <laughs> potentially. Rule number two. Yeah. The right to bear arms. Yeah. And then uh, That's great. I knew it starred Brad Pitt and that maybe something was imaginary, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember if I had read the synopsis oh, yeah. or not, you guys. That's yeah, true. Well, we don't want to get into spoilers yeah. yet. And I will say for anybody who's been living in a closet for the past 25 years, please turn off the podcast when we say spoilers and go watch this movie and then come back and listen to the rest of it. Like, comment, subscribe. The uh, D- So, Derek, you went back boy. in like me. Um, <laughs> you went back in like me after having not watched this movie for five or ten-ish years, a little trepidatious, and thinking like, this movie was amazing when I was exactly its target demographic. I am a little nervous about going back. It's a desert island movie for me. Do I go back in and realize, oh no, this sucks? What was your take? I was the perfect demographic for it. <laughs> Did it suck? No. This movie is still amazing for a number of reasons, but it is it hits so much different than it did when I was a teenager. When I can look back on this, I appreciate it for a bunch of different reasons. I appreciate it because this kind of movie isn't made anymore, for one thing. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't make this movie because it would offend too many people, right? Or it would be too, <laughs> it'd be too complicated. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, or, or you wouldn't be able to keep the secret you that will get... Couldn't we'll, put, yeah, you certainly couldn't put all of the brands in here. I mean, there's Starbucks cups and all these sorts of things. And they're talking about Ikea catalog furniture and how terrible it is. Yeah, no you wouldn't have the budget. You wouldn't have the budget for that whatsoever. You could sign <laughs> exactly. off on it. You couldn't afford it, though. No, it's amazing. It's it's a different rewatch in that I'm looking at it from an adult's perspective where I'm trying to stay out of fights. Whereas when I watched this the first time, I think I was actively <laughs> seeking fights with my friends. And well, that's how you be a man, right? Yeah. Well, I don't. To be that's taken just at high value. school. I mean. You're absolutely right, but this movie was the gasoline on the fire that it that was my rage as a high schooler. I, I swear to God, we finished watching this movie, a group of me and my buddies, we wrapped our hands in kitchen towels and started punching each other in the face. What? Real, real story. Real thing that happened oh, after God. we watched Fight Club. This movie, <laughs> but now I watch it and I'm not, I don't think, hey, I need to go start a fight with a stranger or whatever else. I think, oh my gosh, this is a beautifully shot movie by a director mm-hmm. who I really respect. And maybe we can get into his filmography. Bunch of other we great will. movies. Bunch of other great movies, but so beautifully shot. The story is so tight. It's mm-hmm. it's so well told. And it, it's a movie that has something to say, which you can't, there's not a lot of movies that can do that. Barbie. That's right. Barbie, we talked about, we love that movie, but it doesn't have a lot to say. It's telling something oh, that... Oh, that's a hot does, take. I'm sorry. It does have a lot to say, but it's saying <laughs> it in a way that is so digestible to every type of audience, where this movie is doing it in the satire kind of way that it isn't is. as easy di- easily digestible. I. I, yeah. it's, I love it for its complexity. I didn't think it would hold up. It's still in my desert island. L- short answer long. 
Yeah, it's still <laughs> six six stars for me, Aaron. I I, I think yeah. that you feel the same. I do. I absolutely do. This movie, um, I was in a hundred percent the same boat, and I'm still a hundred percent in the same boat. It is is in my desert island. It is a six gold star movie. Kate, you, I, I, where are you at on the star level? I I'll give it a solid five out of five. The problem with having okay. it on my desert whoop, island whoop, is whoop. I don't think I need to see this movie for another. 20 years like <laughs> that's that's fine it, that's it, fair. It was really good it made me think a lot i really liked picking out all of the different stylistic choices and trying to follow the thread and trying you lot, know figure yeah. out what some of the themes that they were trying to tell were but yeah it was by the end of it you're just like Ugh. that was a so that was last... a fun story but i don't really want to reimmerse myself in that world on my desert that's island. a good point that's a good point. I left. Yeah. I feel. I leave it feeling icky. Whereas when I was when I was a teenager, I'm like, bring it on! I want some more of this Fight Club. I just yeah. love. For I just sure. love how that was your high school experience. Where mine was the exact opposite. Where like Glee was really popular, and so my friend group started a Glee Club, which similar <laughs> rules to Fight nice. Club. <laughs> <laughs> You don't talk about Glee Club because you might get shoved in a locker. Yeah. If it's your first time here, you have to feel Glee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glee Club. Uh, oh, my only funny. other non-spoilery thought that I do want to revisit was the fact that Edward Norton, uh, his character, who, by the way, has no name, the narrator, mm-hmm. at one point says he's a 30-year-old boy. And I thought, how old is Edward Norton in this? And it turns out he actually was 30, mm-hmm. which to me is weird because yeah. he's been 40 for his entire life. <laughs> but Brad Pitt was 35, which is how old I am now. And that's bullshit. Yeah. He, Nothing about Brad Pitt's fair. Brad Pitt looks really young. And I did look up how old Edward Norton was in this movie because... When I was watching it, I was like, okay, yeah, he's a young professional. He lives this, you know, corporate life. He has this nice condo. His life's pretty put together. He's like amassing this furniture. And then I realized that me and Edward Norton are the same age. And I was like, damn, this guy seems to be in charge of a lot at work. What am I doing? (laughs) Girl, girl, you have you own property. He was renting. All right. You own property. I thought he had. I thought he owned that condo. He might have owned the company. And he lived in a big city. (laughs) Kate, I'm genuinely curious about something. Do you find, because you're you're slightly younger than us, do you find Brad Pitt attractive? Like I do. Like current day Brad Pitt, or like snapshot in time Brad Pitt? Yes. Like when when you when you think of like attractive male actors, is one of the first people that comes to your mind Brad Pitt? Uh, no. But it would be the first person that comes to my mom's mind. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. I think everybody, uh, and, and Aaron, please feel free to disagree, but I think everybody in my general kind of generation age range would say Brad Pitt was the person we looked to as a male sex idol or like how yep. a guy should look. As, yep. And and I mean, and here's a movie you probably haven't even seen, Interview with a Vampire, Kate. Ah, oh, the Anne Rice book. I have movie. not seen that movie. Saltburn, yeah. That's like as about as young as you can see mm-hmm. see Brad Pitt in a movie. Still looks amazing. He looked amazing <laughs> from then to now. Uh, what what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just came out. Still looks yep. sexy to me. He's, but, yeah, he's a handsome man. 
Yeah. Maybe we're doing he's, too he much my mental. <laughs> yeah, but he was my mental prototype of like handsome actor up until I saw Thor. I was going to say, are we not talking about Chris Hemsworth? Because I think Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Pratt. I don't know. Chris Evans. Chris Pratt? All of those guys are like in the Chris Club. Step wow. one, be named Chris. Step yeah. two. Henry Cavill. Is all those. Shout out Chris Berry. I know you're a listener, so. Hashtag hottie. (laughs) (laughs) We did get fan mail. Oh, Oh, we don't have a jingle. We don't have a jingle for fan fan mail, mail, but we should. Here's here's the mail. It never fails. It makes (laughs) me want to whack my tail. Mail. All right. We've got mail from uh, Mathema Chicken. <laughs> Mathma Chicken writes in, long time listener, first time caller. Thanks. We've been a podcast for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Very long time listener. Uh, but one of them is first, what is, uh, no, we'll do the first question later. Second, uh, where do you rank Fight Club in David Fincher's filmography? Um, says, thanks for answering. I'll hang up and listen. Signed, Math McChicken. P.S. Did Jarek like Halo TV show because he got to see Master Chief's butt? Winky face. <laughs> Let me address the easiest part of that question. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so, Dave if I Fincher... Anybody from Den of Thieves, if they show their butt, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Them's the facts. Them's the facts. All right. Damn. Please continue, Aaron. Please continue. Now no, we can you, continue. Uh, so you independently went in on the David Fincher filmography. This dude makes bangers. Exclusively bangers. I don't think he makes... I've not seen a single movie of his that I was, was not in enwrapped with. Um, Fight Club. I'm talking Seven. I'm talking Gone Girl. Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. The Social Network. Panic Room. Zodiac. Some of the best movies I've ever seen. David Fincher is my number one director. If he's making something, I'm watching it. Oh, hold on there. I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump the brakes on best director. But it is your opinion after all. That's fine. You know, what? <laughs> we can move fast. It's your opinion. Okay. What? Aaron, I don't know, Aaron. Let, let's hear yours first. Where do you think that it lands in in the hierarchy? I, I, I mean, yeah. Short answer to the question is: Fight Club is number one by far and away with a bullet. Um, just because it's my only Desert Island movie of his, and I, it came out at such a formative time. There's no way that I could consider it fairly. Um, very much up there would be like The Social Network, or honestly, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Zodiac. They're all great. They're all great. Alien Three was weird. <laughs> Alien 3, okay, so real story, quick sidebar, cut this if you need to, Aaron. The first Alien movie I saw was Alien 3. What? I saw it in, I saw it in the order oh. Alien 3, Alien 2, Alien 1. What? what? That's, that's, because, all right, so <laughs> I grew up in a household, uh, I grew up in a household that had uh, Cinemax or HBO or something like that. Where I could flip through that, I had a be- I had a TV in my bedroom. I know I'm bougie, Kate. You wouldn't oh understand. Oh my god, you did. So, yeah, no I did. So, so I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm a kid, and I'm fl- I'm flipping to the movie channels, and that's the first time I you're saw a kid? an aliens movie. I'm a kid. I I was not like I was not. Well, this actually this explains something. You had a TV in your room as a kid. Yeah, correct. How many TVs are in your living room right now? <laughs> there are well, in my your living basement. in my basement. There are three TVs. We've got a 75-inch 
and two 50 inches on either side of it, flanking it, flanking it like they're in a V formation, getting ready to attack. Uh, Yeah, so, hey, for all the sports people out there, you guys won't understand this. Well, Kate will, but Aaron, as a non-sports person, you won't get it. When I'm watching the four box... All right, never mind. I'm I'm not going any further. (laughs) David, so I'm I'm really conflicted. Uh, Back to the topic. I'm really, I'm really glad we got this this email. And please continue to ask us questions because that was a two part banger so far, and we got one more coming. Uh, Mm -hmm. Zodiac was a little too long for me. I just wanted to say that to you, Aaron, and to anybody who is wondering about my opinion on Zodiac. Uh, Fight Fight Club is is in my desert island. There's a there's a mental argument for me going on on whether Seven or Social Network are actually better movies, but but I think because it's Desert Island, I'm going to go Fight Club one, and then I'm going to have to say Seven, then Social Network, then Gone Girl, and then everything else after that for me. Kate, what Kate, are you? Uh, how many of these thoughts? have you seen? Kate's like, I've, I've seen, seen Fight Club and that's it. Um, I've seen The Social Network, Gone Girl, and Benjamin Button and Fight Club. All right. How would you Wait. put them? Um, I honestly, I think Fight Club was the best one I've seen. But I think Social Network and Benjamin Button were probably up there for me. Gone Girl, I liked the movie, but I liked, I just liked the book better, so... Oh, it's one of those situations. I, I never read the book. I thought Gone Girl was fantastic. I think it was better. I think it, yeah, I think it would be a lot better if you hadn't well, read the book and didn't know, like, the giant twist was But coming. it was our, but it was our girl. It was. As it was a lead a, she did a phenomenal so, job. Uh, so, yeah, what are you going to do? It's my boy and then our girl. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to like that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I, I really liked Benjamin Button. I thought that was a really creative it's another brad pitt movie too he must really like casting brad pitt real talk uh, never seen never seen it <gasps> benjamin button it, it's it. it's pretty long it's like three and a half hours i want to say it's pretty long but it's good oh it goes it's really it's a cool concept because he's born like old, old and then reverses no no i know I, I know the premise of the movie <laughs> it's cool as does everybody every living person knows the premise of the movie um well, but yeah did you know, I, I just haven't did seen you it. know that Taylor Swift's cat is named after that movie. His name is Benjamin. I, I didn't know that. Hey. I'm just here bro, to catch hey, you up tra- on all your Taylor Swift uh, trivia questions that you might get asked later on in life when your daughter learns to speak. And that was Taylor Swift <laughs> Corner. <laughs> there are three more corners that could all be Taylor Swift Corners as far as I'm concerned. I just looked up uh, David Fincher's filmography on um, the world's best and most reliable review uh, website, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Banger. Banger of a website. Everyone agrees that it's the best. And apparently uh, the actual factual answer is The Social Network is his best movie. And Fight Club is actually near the bottom. But do you think The Social Network is only his best movie because of the point of time it came out? Yeah, maybe. And it's social commentary. I, I mean, learned Fight Club. No, was so also I'd be at Fight Club. Fight Club was critically panned when it first came out. Like people hated this movie. Really? Like people famous. There, there was a screening with Brad Pitt and Edward Norton there where the the movie got booed, 
what? and Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are laughing at all these jokes where Marla make, says her famous quote, which hopefully I get a chance <laughs> to say later. Everybody starts booing and like people are leaving and they're laughing their heads off. Like, and then the critics hated this. this movie. Yeah, critics hated this movie. And it kind of got like a cult following. And then I think people eventually realized it was a satire. And it How wasn't you- just this male chauvinistic, like, like just... Like I can't. The people who take this movie literally, I don't know that I can literally be friends with them. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes also um, taught me that David Fincher doesn't know shit. You guys, <laughs> they know that David Fincher's next movie is supposedly World War Z two. Ah, uh, it actually got canceled. I think I looked it up. I think it was oh. supposed to be like oh, eight years no. ago, like two years after the first one came out, and it just like didn't get greenlit. Okay, you're right. Rotten Tomatoes is crap. Last thing before we move into spoilers. It's a question for you, Kate. Okay. If you were to to get a cult following mm-hmm. like they do in Fight Club mm-hmm. to start a fight club that happens across the United States, yeah. what is the thing that you would get a cult following in? Mm, this is a good one because I, I know how to motivate people and sometimes, you know, it's a scary strength to have. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love that Kate's like, this is a real thing that I think about a lot. I need to be careful. I need to be careful. Genuine concern. Yeah. Hmm. It wouldn't be anything around fighting or exercise. (laughs) All right. We've eliminated two of them. Like something around like animals. Like I'd be like, Mm. you know what we should do? We should go to all the, the pet shelters in the whole world and turn them in two libraries all right you're not selling me so far but hey best of luck to <laughs> you in. on your future cult and you can just go when you're sad and play with a dog and we'll put them on all the college campuses i, I don't know where okay. i'm going with this to be clear to be clear i wasn't asking for you to come up with the cult right now i was just asking for a category, in, and you gave it to me animals i would probably hey, do hey, animals great. animals but not 100%. like killing them or fighting them it would be illegal I, probably mm. I think that I'm so good at Bop It Extreme that I could get a cult following. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's something that I think I'm so good at. I have to be in like the top 0.01% in the entire population. And somehow I could get a cult following around Bop It Extreme. I just don't know how. Nice. Very nice. I'll I hope that, that my cult following is because of how good our podcast is. Um, they, they, we just amass tens of millions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's happening in no time, just to be clear. I think oh, we yeah. already got ones Episode of millions. Five. <laughs> we, do have, we do have ones of millions. We have a fan, so... That is true. I think we're already ahead of the curve. I agree. I agree. Math Chicken would agree with the, his mathematical abilities <laughs> and or chicken abilities. Shout out Math right, we, we should talk spy, We should talk spoilers on Fight Club. That's it. Why do you think I blew up your condo? What? Oh, my God! Please go watch this movie if you haven't seen it. Kate, get us started with your spoilers. What did you know about this movie going in, and uh, what was the impact of the reveal on you? All right, well, I knew something was imaginary, so I was trying to figure out the whole time if it was Brad Pitt or the club. Mm. And I figured it out not very early on, which I'm a little depressed to say. (laughs) Depressed. I'm a little sad to say. Um, 
I, I do want to say the first thoughts that I had when the like intro music and title sequence started playing was I was confused on whether uh-huh. or not I was wa- going to be watching a Matrix movie. It was very much like the same like yeah. computer Look at we're like in a brain. Wow. We're traveling through all of this part of the body to where now we were seeing a face. <laughs> and I was like I wish the audience hold on. I wish the audience could see all the choreography that just went with everything Kate said. Because it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I think they can imagine it because I'm just like a really good uh, explainer. Anyway, so that was interesting. I also noticed during the opening title scene that Jared Leto was going to be in this movie. So the entire time I was like, I was like, Brendan, is that Jared Leto? Oh, no, that's not Jared Leto. Wait, how old is Jared Leto in this movie? And I was like, wait, I didn't know he was an actor at this point in his life. I thought his only acting job was in the uh, Blade Runner movie. And then I was like thinking back, wait, it's 1999. Wait, how long has Jared Leto been an actor? So that was, that was a. Basically fun. since 1999, I think. <laughs> yeah, well. Surely, surely this is the first acting appearance by Jared Leto, right? I think it's I think that's be. an actual fact. Um, I was also disappointed that, okay, so when Brad Pitt first enters, you see him on a moving walkway and he's wearing yes. the mm-hmm. dumbest outfit. Is he the? Is it the dumbest outfit or the sexiest outfit? I wrote. This is my live commentary from when I saw Brad Pitt. I wrote, "OMG, Brad Pitt looks so dumb." <laughs> and then I wrote, "How many pairs of sunglasses will Brad Pitt wear in this movie?" We're at two, and sadly, <laughs> we only got to four. But they're yes, four sadly. sexy sunglasses. Sure. Um. <laughs> So I I thought the it was interesting the beginning where you kind of see this guy who lives a pretty normal life, but he's going to all these clubs that are just weird and people dying. It's people dying. It's like cancer wards, and we haven't actually spoiled the movie technically. But Aaron is now wearing Aaron is now wearing sexy sunglasses like a Tyler (laughs) Durden. Better than Tyler Durden's sunglasses. God, he looks good. I'm going to circle back, though, because when we started the movie, there kept being this flash of something in in the movie. We, we, oh, we were yeah. Like, is our TV? Yes. Is our TV messing up? What is wrong with our yeah. picture? Yeah, it's like, are we streaming this? Yeah. And it's like buff, buffering? Yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's that one cut. Yeah, the red yeah, it's, it, it's where Brad Pitt yeah. is like jumping onto your screen in a flash cut yeah. between between frames, and which is funny because then later he's talking about how he inserts mm-hmm. pornographic images into into frames between changing reels. But yeah, when whenever Edward Norton has his uh, when he's not sleeping well, all of a sudden he starts seeing this. The you see these flashes of Brad Pitt and and Aaron like watching this on a rewatch. And they're giving you so all obvious. these hints the whole time. I know, I know. It's amazing. I, it's amazing uh, but, that people can watch this and be like, and because it is, it's so in your face, but it's subtle enough that people are still shocked by the reveal, which is, again, why this movie is so freaking amazing. Yeah, there were so yeah. many small The hints details. come right out the gate. Right out the gate, really strong. I know this because Tyler knows this. Anybody who nice. had an idea of some sort of twist ending, which is the thing that, like, saying there's a twist is a spoiler. 
It changes the way I approach a movie. And yeah, as soon as somebody point. says, oh, there's a twist in Fight Club. You're going to love it. I, as soon as they say, Tyler, know, I know this because Tyler knows this. I'm going to say, wait a minute. That's a weird thing to say. I bet they're the same person, which, by the way, is the spoiler in this movie. We haven't said yet. <laughs> yeah. There was so I many... don't think you would have caught on. I don't think you would have caught on, Aaron. I don't think you're as smart as you think you are. <laughs> I'm not because it took me right up until um, him saying, you're Mr. Durden. You're the one who gave me this. The weird bartender who gets the line of the movie, and that's his only line. For me in college, when I first watched this, to be like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Which, that's about the same time you figured it out, Kate, right? Was about the time that he visited, he was visiting the bars. When he and picks he doing up the, f- the stack of plane tickets and it says Tyler Durden on him, I don't know why my mind immediately went to, oh. Could has- it be that the music, the music did the reveal music and it Probably. was. Probably. But also because the whole time I was like, what is this guy's name? <laughs> So when he picked up Rupert, the stack Cornelius, of tickets, I was any like, of the dumb names you give. I was like, oh, wait. And then when Marla shows up and is like, what are you talking about? He's like, go Constantly, away, Marla. All the time. All the time. Marla's like, I don't understand you. Yeah. I don't understand what you mean. Why are you being like this? Yeah. And a- and acting the shit out of that role. Oh, she this was incredible. This movie is incredible like uh, i don't want to say life-changing because it's embarrassing but a little life-changing maybe for some of the wrong reasons watching it on the first time but then going back in and watching it for a second and third time is when you really start to go holy shit this was right here and look at this scene has so much different context so much different meaning crazy person she's a crazy person why is she like this she's a crazy person and seemingly just like an object of sex and like Mm -hmm. maybe even a sex addict but once you yep. know what happened, you're like, I feel terrible for this woman. And also, oh yeah, Bellatrix Lestrange knows how to act. <laughs> oh, she does, <laughs> right? Like she crushes yeah, this. Yeah, she was and, really good. I mean, I think I told I told you, Aaron, and maybe I told you too, Kate. My reaction to to this performance by Marla when I was younger was meh, like ah, meh. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so when you're... Because we were young boys, basically. Kate, when you're a teenage boy, (laughs) you're not super attracted to 35-year-old women. But you're attracted to crazy people. And he's 35. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Great counterpoint, and maybe that says a lot about the male psyche. (laughs) Uh, If Power Listener D could uh, write in an email about what I'm going through, that would be great. Thank you. I don't oh, know what to great. do. Yeah, no, I thought I thought uh, all of the acting in this movie was was really good. Um, it is, and we've bar- we haven't talked about Edward. Norton. Edward Norton did-, did a great job. I mean, the entire time yes. he plays this character, he he looks into the camera. I think that was a really interesting narration. Yeah, I think we talked about. I don't know if we talked about that already, but we did. So I'd like to bring up the the other question that uh mathema chicken wrote in saying which was what is david fincher trying to tell the audience with all of the fourth wall breaks this movie clearly knows it's a movie but why does that matter to the overall story no wow that's some deep shit mathematician (laughs) (laughs) chicken i have a take on this but i'm curious if either of you have a strong take 
you start because you've already read this yeah. email. We need a little time to digest this. So I've been thinking about it, and to me, that this goes a hundred percent into hiding the twist. This so effectively for me hides the Ooh. twist that this guy is crazy because this movie is surreal. He is there. He is talking to you. So he's not actually there in some of the scenes. And that's kind of actually already setting the stage for like some weird stuff's going on where he's being shown in this scene, but he's not actually there. Yeah. Um, and the just the stylization of the way the story is presented to you, that fir- that really interesting version of a fourth wall break, by the way, where it's just like he's it, it's quite literally like somebody was just talking to you, telling you the story was happening. It's not some you know, unseen narrator voice of God style thing. It's not just like a bookend at the beginning and at the end, like you hear in a lot of other movies, but it's, it's him. He's in the scene. He's explaining what's happening in the scene. And it's so surreal. And it's so puts you out of your comfort zone with watching movies that I think it hides the twist. That's a, so I'm going to go a different direction. I, 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 and this might be galaxy brain Derek. And and if it is just, just stop me. But I think it's 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 his way of putting an emphasis on the fact that this movie is a satire, right? So for one, yeah. this is a movie about dudes pumping up dudes about rage and what's the if I was going to make a home movie to pump up a bunch of dudes, what would I do? I'd do a self-important monologue. I'd be a self-deprecating <laughs> monologue talking about how Whatever it is that I'm selling is what you should want, and I'd shake the camera. So it's that. I think it's absolutely an emphasis that this is a satire on misogynistic men. And then I think it's also an emphasis on making sure that they. the whole thing is about the fear of advertisers and marketing and, and big corporations putting their their grips onto everything and all of us losing control of our own ability to think when we make purchases or like have our, be able to watch TV and not be, you know, hypnotized by some commercial. And it's just like making fun of the fact that they're literally breaking the fourth wall to get you to essentially join the cult, which is the same thing as all of these advertisers would do. Right. That, that would be my take on it. And it's a little galaxy brain, I know, but I, I really do I do think that the points they're trying to drive are that this is a satire on male misogyny and it's a warning because you got to remember when this got released, the internet's fresh, right? Marketing, we didn't really understand yep. what marketing was doing to us at the time, right? And the funny thing is now we're just like, we're reading through our terms and conditions of all of our apps like yeah accept 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 because <laughs> we don't give a shit anymore but like this was their warning to all of us about this is what could happen yeah if you just turn your brains off and well here we are we're all a bunch of f-ing zombies anyway but um okay that that was all hey ch- chicken brain math mathma chicken that was that was an excellent question a thought provoking question thank you i pr- i'm looking forward to more Kate, any thoughts? <laughs> I think the only thing I have to add is I think it really let you get inside of his head. And at first, you're just like, oh, this guy's just kind of grouchy. Like, that was like my first take is like, oh, this guy's just going to complain the whole yeah. time. Yeah. He's got a bad outlook he's, on life. Yeah, like, he's a pessimist. Yeah, he's yeah. out here. He can't get a good night's right. sleep. That's rough, but like, get your shit together, man. Like, <laughs> 
And and so I yeah. think yeah. that using that tactic, you were able to get a pretty good look inside his brain in a way that didn't like like Aaron. You both said like didn't point you directly to oh he's slowly going crazy. It was like oh no, mm-hmm. I can see where he's what he's saying, and I I can kind of see where we're going with this. And I can see why he's frustrated, and I can see how yeah. you know. So he's been put in some of these situations, but really, like, if you had just watched him interact with Tyler Durden in some of those situations, you would have been like, without breaking the fourth wall, I don't think you could have told a lot of that story. Yeah, it's a way of doing an exposition dump mm-hmm. without doing an exposition dump. Yeah. Right? And it's done in a different way, yeah, than I've seen in other movies, which just makes it more interesting inherently. Yeah, exactly. It's a more interesting movie because of it. Yeah, and a lot of it, he was really able to, like, disconnect with humanity in some of the delivery of those monologues like Mm -hmm. the one that stood out to me was when he's going through the car crash like the scene where he's pointing out all of the spots on the car where like the body fat is stuck oh yeah and it's part of his job and you just you just feel gross you know but for sure yeah he just is it's able to really portray that character in a way that i think makes makes a whole lot of sense when he's going through all the yeah it helps it helps with his yeah it helps with his descent into madness to see inside of his head absolutely Mm -hmm. and it helps establish this character of tyler durden who we have never met Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. and they don't want to do a whole backstory on tyler durden because that would kind of ruin the whole premise of all this stuff Mm -hmm. right that's right it's it is actually kind of funny you only learn about Tyler Durden through the perspective of the narrator. Mm-hmm. The narrator is the one who's always telling you about who Tyler Durden is. And he's always which so makes sense. macho. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. The mesh shirt scenes. Oh, Derek, my God. did that? Oh, yeah. Did it, did it, did it do something for me? I, th- yeah, I it bet did. it did. It did. <laughs> I, I really hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because she might be questioning something. <laughs> do you guys, you, I think you guys, well, you guys already know my favorite, my favorite, favorite quote who i'm not saying the quote i'll say my favorite quote but this is the one that sticks with me and it is it's the one that's the (laughs) most controversial at the time and probably still today marla gets done uh, having sex with tyler durden tyler durden's explaining to the narrator that the stuff that's coming out of her mouth you would never believe and they actually cut to her saying something that you would never believe and marla says the following i haven't been since grade school <laughs> which is a wild thing to hear people literally walked out of a screening as soon as that line was uttered <laughs> which tells you how icon- i don't blame them how iconic it is i wonder <laughs> if in the past two days since we lost the recording of the first time we went around if, if derek you thought to yourself maybe i should pick a different quote from this no movie. he's gonna repeat that, it no, no that never crossed my mind it's a great freaking quote brad pitt laughed his ass off at that quote when everybody was walking out and i stand i stand with him and ed norton it is a hilarious quote it really is i'm sorry it's great yeah there's a million great quotes in this movie Uh, i was going to try to narrow them down but this is easily i am jack's most quoted movie you can't I know them all. I've said them all. I've incorporated them into my life probably more so than any other, definitely more so than any other non-comedy movie. Um, I, yeah, Fight Club is, I've seen it probably two dozen times at this point, which is 
not a brag so much as an admission of guilt. <laughs> so a surface take of this movie is like, oh yeah, fighting is cool and, and all this. And, and like the stuff that I picked up when I was 19 or whatever. And that's bad. That's wrong. <laughs> that's meant to be parody. That said, Tyler Durden is not a hundred percent wrong about all of the things he says. And I'm not even going to get into the realm of like society, man. Uh, and there is plenty of validity in that. And if you wanted to make an argument for that, that's fine. But, uh, more clear headed, more, um, adult Aaron appreciates his messages of getting out of your comfort zone. Why it's a good and necessary yeah. thing to do. Yes. The entire movie is about pushing the narrator out of his comfort zone. The whole, this is a chemical burn uh, scene, is, It's this is your pain right here. Don't try to go off someplace else. This is your hand. It is on fire. It is burning. Accept it. You cannot control everything. What you can do is control your response to it. You can live with it. And that, I think, is a really good message in this really terrible uh, package that where there's all these other bad things. Yeah, or maybe a but, better. Um, the yeah. best example of that is the human sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? When they go, yeah. they go to Raymond K. Hessel. Sure. Oh, is, the, is that the name on the driver's That's license? That guy's name. Yeah, excellent. Where Brad? The question, Raymond. Take it away. What did you want to do with your life? Yeah, and Brad Pitt holds him at gunpoint, and you think, oh my god. Yeah. Tyler Durden has lost his freaking mind. This is this isn't about Fight Club. This isn't about a message anymore. He's just out here robbing people, and then it turns out, you know, he runs off. He kicks the kid away. He's like. That's the best best breakfast that that kid is ever going to have when he wakes up in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on his way to vet school, which is the thing he actually wanted to do. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It, that is that is part of this underlying message as well. You, everybody should be pursuing the things that they love and not the things mm-hmm. that they should do so that they can acquire more shit, right? It's not about money and materialistic things, Kate. This message is now to you directly, right? If you're doing something that you love, the money will follow and the accolades will follow. But it's about doing what you love. And that's what Brad Pitt's trying to say as he's putting a gun in somebody's mouth. There's a lot to say. There's a lot to say about this movie. I know I know. we're going to get to talking about the end. I, I have some stuff to say about that. Let's talk about it right now. Let's go. But I yeah, want to... Can I really quick say my... Yeah. Absolutely, my, yeah. my favorite thoughts that I had while watching this movie because I wrote, I wrote oh, them down. Kate's, hold on, Kate's favorite Kate's thoughts. thoughts. We need a jingle. I, I can't wait. <laughs> Kate's first, thoughts. First, it's Kate's um, thoughts. When Brad Pitt's just in the kitchen making bombs or whatever he's making with his soap, not soap. With soap. Uh huh. I'm I'm proud of him for wearing safety goggles. Yes. I good I, call I, Kate. I, I thought good that was an interesting thing in a house full of that's just falling apart and at just any point full an of OSHA reportables. Yep, electrical fire could start at any point, but he's wearing safety goggles. But he's wearing safety goggles, you know, so gotta protect Brad. He was also wearing safety gloves. Yeah, he was wearing safety gloves. He was all about safety. <laughs> while he's including naked. including protection. <laughs> There was a hilarious That's condom true. joke that I can't recall now that Marla made. The condom is the glass zipper of this generation. Yes. You meet a stranger, you put it on, you dance all night, and then you get rid of oh, it. Oh, yeah. The condom, that is, not the stranger. <laughs> yes. Uh, continue. Kate's Corner. Follow um, that up. <laughs> I think this all could have been avoided if 
the narrator had just had a good night's sleep. I think this yeah. could have been... As a father of two, I can tell you that's 100% true. It makes me worried for society since I have a lot of male coworkers who come in and complain about never sleeping because their children are small. Maybe they need to start a fight club. Oh, so I'm a little worried maybe, that there might be me. a fight club starting at work. They they should tell them, hey, tell them to hit me up. I got them. Yeah, I also was, uh, I was really sad to see Jared Leto get beat up. Um, <laughs> we did, we barely talked to, no, I guess we probably we, gave Jared Leto We need to talk, to, we need to talk a little bit yeah. about Jared Leto. Um, the characters that they, ca- the people, or I guess the characters that they cast in this movie, I thought was interesting because Jared Leto, they make some comments about him being beautiful or like too blonde and he doesn't, I don't think, does he have any lines? He might have like three lines. He's not like a... Um, yeah. It's been handled, yeah, sir. He, he has, yeah, he's like a minor side character. But I think they use yeah. him as a way to... I think you, you maybe brought it up earlier where they beat him up. And I thought he was going to... I was like, Jared, Jared Leto's toast. He's going to beat the crap out of him. Uh, but he just mm-hmm. had a bunch of facial damage, which I think was the intention because he's yes, trying to just break he wanted everything to destroy beautiful. something beautiful. Destroy something beautiful. And Jared Leto was beautiful, although he had his alter ego, Tyler Durden, right there. Yeah. Much more, much more beautiful. And and Bob's character, I thought, was Bob. the most interesting because they ca- they have this character who he meets in the uh, uh, can- testicular, cancer. testicular Cancer Support Group. Yep. And and it's a scene where he's they're they're hugging each other crying and the narrator's breaking the fourth wall talking about how he ha- just has the biggest man boobs ever. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. paraphrasing. Yes. <laughs> and you know, they like they keep making making connections with him being this like feminine male character. Right. Yep. And he's the only character in the movie that dies. Which, yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> which kind of just, it, it was an, I thought that was, that was a cool thing that they did yeah. for the movie style was like, they, that's true. They took this thread. I mean, it's a macho movie. It's about yep. toxic masculinity. <laughs> and yep. the only character that dies is the one that they keep pointing to as is the, is most, the most feminine. feminine. Yeah. I thought that was a little, fun, little messed up, but yeah. on brand, on brand with the movie. For what it was doing, yeah. And then the montage. Yeah, sure. I think you. I think you may have discussed this in our earlier recording. I mean, our first recording is now. Yeah, um, there was no other recording. Uh, like the montage of like teenage boy hijinks at the yes. end. Yes. <laughs> With Project Mayhem. I do love like, it. Let's back this car up over the spikes. Let's bash this guy's windshield. Oh, yes. Let's go break into a bank with this statue. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's like everything you would do if you were in high school trying to, like, make trouble. None of it is actually impactful things that they're doing. It's just things that you would do. Let's set up this guy's car alarms. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Let's throw throw (laughs) eggs at this guy's house. Ha, ha, ha. Does anybody got some toilet paper we could put in a tree? What a waste of toilet paper. I got a flaming bag of poo. <laughs> th- have you guys ever heard of an oh. upper decker? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, those are my thoughts. We can go to the ending now. Can somebody explain an upper decker to Kate's mom? <laughs> off pod. Obviously off pod. <laughs> somebody explain to Kate's mom an up upper decker. You're just that dragging you're just dragging my mom into this dirt. 
power listener. What am I supposed to do? She is a power yeah. listener. So the ending. The ending. The, the, does, does he shoots himself in the face? I don't know how else to put it. Yep. But he shoots himself die. in the face. Does he Does he die? That's my question. No. Well. I think not. I like to believe this was presented as it happened at this point. This is when he realizes the totality of um, what his situation is, comes to terms with it, and takes drastic action to deal with it in the only way that he really could. That final fight scene between Brad Pitt and the narrator, um, it, it's it's terrifying, really. You've got this guy who is effectively immortal and can teleport and can just do anything he wants to you yeah mm-hmm. that's that's a, a horrifying um scene. uh he he goes through this arc at the end where he's trying to stop himself but he's realized that his cult has infiltrated every level of management yeah <laughs> at all like, these companies they've il- they've infiltrated the police station they've infiltrated management where are the women every <laughs> Yes, great question. Kate, bringing the perspective, again, appreciate it. Where are the women? We don't know. (laughs) They're all on vacation that week. Kate, are the women just also in Fight Club? There there were no women. I mean, they had a whole demographic that they they could have tapped into. I mean... Anyway, (laughs) they infiltrate all levels of management. He, He tries to... He realizes what's going on. He realizes that... It's him. Theoret- I, I think he realizes like, oh, I, I, when I can't sleep, I forget all the things that I've done, but I'm, I'm, tur- I'm Tyler and I'm putting all these plans in action. And he, right. he, he mm-hmm. realizes this, but it's too late. And, you know, he's trying to save Marla and Marla's like getting caught by the cronies who are going to bring her to the building. They're going to watch their plan, their plan in motion. Yep. Um, Mm-hmm. And I guess I liked the ending, but I thought it would have made more sense if if the plan had been foiled, like if he had actually foiled his plan. That's what happens if this movie's made today. That's what happens, and that's why I. Yep. That's why I like this movie. It but, did nothing like what you would do today. If this movie's made today, they're like, wait, does he die? He either has to kill himself or the plan has to be foiled. But it has I, to be one or the other. But we can't like, just end it. I guess the whole movie to me is like him trying to do something and failing at it. And then somehow he's like stumbling through this. Oh, I like this perspective. Whole right. movie let's, let's hear realizing let's like, let's oh, crap, I'm up against myself. I better try a little bit harder to to fight Tyler. Realizes like he knows how to beat Tyler, but does it too late and, and like l- effectively loses so well, anyway, yeah, interesting. Take. But do you think he dies? I wanted him to die. <laughs> wow, there it is. I don't know how you can shoot yourself in the neck and like bleed and talk and live another five minutes to give instructions to people. I mean, he talks in the most stereotypical way. Like if if I if I said I if I said Kate, talk right now as if you've been shot in the neck. Go. <laughs> Marla, get over here. We got to do some stuff. Yep, that's exactly how he talked for the last five minutes of the movie. Tyler's dead. Uh, Tyler's gone. I'll tell you, though, this movie, 
has amongst all of its other strengths this movie has the best maybe the best ever like final shot mm-hmm. final moments you met the, me at a very strange time in my the life the pix in the pixies cue play. the buildings exploding cue the pixies playing it's incredible all they needed was each and other. cue the final one frame flash of something what is it what is it what is it kate kate you missed it at the very end of the movie, there was they they did one more thing where they they cut in a still frame, but they la- they made it last like maybe two or three frames instead of one. It was just it was I like a so. little bit longer. What was it? You don't know you saw it, Kate, but you did a nice big. Oh god! I just think that after talking through this whole movie, I think that Derek just put this movie on his desert island so that he could see brad pitt and maybe that final scene and male genitalia that one frame (laughs) oh good stuff i really hope your wife listens to this i i have no i have no response to that i I think we have talked fight club we have broken the first two rules and i think we should do some shout outs and i always forget who goes first how about kate amc theaters we go to this place for magic. <laughs> um, okay, so if you guys no, haven't been... <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. How, how far can you go? When she's there with me, Derek, I can quote the whole thing. Um, there's two versions, too. There's a long and a short version. Explain to the audience what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me... For some background to all the listeners out there, um, AMC is the theater that I have a... Uh, subscription to so that I can see as many movies as I want in a month. A lot of theaters do this, but it's the closest one to my house. So that's the one that uh, I have. And before every movie, I think since COVID to like boost their movie viewership, they hired Nicole Kidman in a sparkly power pantsuit to walk into an empty AMC theater and give this, long monologue about how important movies are to us and how long how long it, is the monologue and ends it with amc we make movies better and it's incredible and every time i go to a movie my husband shrinks down and doesn't look at me because i make stream eye contact with him <laughs> and quote the entire nicole kidman uh movie monologue and my shout out this week is her power pantsuit, the sparkly silver one, <laughs> is currently on auction and it's only $4,500. And I wish I was rich so I could buy it because I think Nicole Kidman and I are, are pretty similar in height. And I think I could rock that pantsuit in any situation. Right, where is this? Where is this auction? How do I get involved? I think it's Sotheby's. I think it's... Uh... We are needing to make a Patreon. Yeah. We're going to have a buy the pantsuit tier on our Patreon whenever we get around to that. Kate's uh, mom just pony it up. needs to join several <laughs> more book clubs. That's what I want for my birthday. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm turning saying, 30 this year. I think that would be a good birthday present for me. I'm not saying you've never done anything for Kate. You've obviously done a lot for her. You've raised an amazing <laughs> young woman. She's she's an incredible person. Just buy her the pantsuit. Like, what are we talking about, Kate's mom? <laughs> it's it's forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, 
Who doesn't have that lying around, you guys? It's like five shitty cars. It's five <laughs> shitty cars. All right, Kate's mom. Are you buying a car for f- less than $1,000? A, a grand? That's not even five yeah, figures. Little look, math. Let, look, we'll it's ask an math investment in math my chicken can Math McChicken will get us, get us the information we need, all right? Math McChicken. Hey, Shout out. Math McChicken. Number one fan. We love you. We love you. We absolutely love you. Unless you're a serial killer, <laughs> then we hope that you find we help. Still, we still love you, but we hope you find help. That's all. That's it. $4,200. Oh. what I'm saying. Shoot. Uh, it's dropping in price. It's a steal. Wow. You're losing money by not think, bidding on that. I think I got a bid on it, you guys. It, Kate, you would look fantastic in this. Imagine if I bought it, and then the next movie I went to, I wore it. Walked up the stairs and did the whole monologue, the monologue while she does yes. the monologue. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, because here we need that, all of us. <laughs> that indescribable <laughs> feeling you get when the light begins to dim. Dazzling images on a big silver screen. <laughs> Guys, this is all from memory. Like, I'm going to actually practice it. Yes, I know you will. That's why I can't wait. I'm gonna go see. Gonna uh, I'm gonna go see Beekeeper this Sunday. So if you want to come see it performed live, 12:45. Hell yeah! Should we do Beekeeper next episode? <laughs> We're not doing. Derek, Derek won't do it, so no. I I I would. Derek loves Brad Pitt, but hates Jason Statham. No, I love Jason Statham. I just. But you hate the bees. I do. You have a bad apiarist. <laughs> Uh, my shout out for this week is <laughs> is a show on Amazon. It's in its second season. It's called Reacher. It is based mm. off of uh, the the graphic novel Reacher. The, is that a is it a Marvel or is it DC? Aaron, I, I thought it was a book think series. It's just called a, a novel. Jack yeah. Reacher. I feel like it's a comic and it's part of one of those two universes. And maybe I'm no, that's insane. What I just said is insane. Lee Child. Jack Reacher novel series. Yep. Yes. It's it's getting late, folks. So it's based mm. off of a, a, a novel series. Books. Tom Cruise played it in a movie. He is not a large man, which in the novels, he is quite a large man. In the TV series, uh, my, my, my man, who is in Fast X, and he was also in Blue Mountain State, played linebacker don't know this actor's name he's a that guy for me he's amazing in it reacher reacher's great jack reacher in the novel is apparently six feet five inches and somewhere between 210 and 250 pounds thank you that is literally tom cruise (laughs) (laughs) good stuff good thank you for coming to the movies (laughs) my shout out is Echo on Disney Plus. It is the most recent Marvel TV show, and that is why I watched it, and it is fine. I also watched that Echo. Like a great shout out. <laughs> I also watched Echo, and it I is it. fine. I heard it was not good. Echo sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said it was fine. I said that just because I watched all five episodes, and I feel like a loser if I watch a shitty show. But it was shitty. That show sucked. It did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron, and you know it too. We both watched five, six episodes, whatever it was, of just shitty television, 
And it we'll wasn't never the get that worst Marvel back. thing I've ever seen. What's the worst Marvel thing you've ever seen? It's a close. Well, okay, no, the Inhumans TV show was the worst thing I've ever seen from them. And then there's a big jump to maybe Iron Fist or um, the Eternals. The Eternals. Uh, is, Eternals. Eternals is way better. The than this. Inter- Eternals. Way better than this. Terrible when they're like, but and then there's a giant robot sleeping in the ocean. I was like, what? Or Thor four. A lot of their most recent ones have been pretty Wait, bad. Wait, you didn't like Thor 4? Did was you? it because it had <sighs> a female Thor? No, it was because it Wow, Aaron, live. interesting. We wow, should probably Aaron. talk about Thor 4 a different day. <laughs> I wanted there to be a female Thor. They wasted Natalie Portman. They gave her... Ugh. All right, thanks for listening. Be sure to tell your friends. Please subscribe, rate, leave us a comment. You can follow us on Instagram, hypothetically, and DM us or email us. Like uh, our friend Mathma Chicken, who I presume is actually one of our friends. <laughs> at we seen a movie, movie at gmail.com. Why do you think I blew up your condo? <laughs> Yippee Kaye! <Yay. What a conglomerate of mistakes on top of each other. Derek, just to just to confirm, you have a visual that you're still recording. <laughs> yes, the left half of my screen <laughs> will be my audacity recording so that I could see it. Okay. Very nice. And, and, until I f*** that up, <laughs> which is inevitable. <laughs> <laughs>